Hello and welcome to the Forbes India Cover Story podcast series in association with the Indicast.com. Now this cover story takes a look at a seemingly tiny yet an increasingly growing subject in India that is the luxury goods industry and joining me over the phone to talk about the cover is Avilasha Khaitan, editor features and special projects. Good evening Avilasha. Good evening Abhishek. It's the first time you're here and it's it's quite a strange subject to write on now because over the years you know we we all know about the great indian middle class it's all about working hard living within one's means so when i got an email that the next cover story is going to be about the luxury goods industry i wondered whether it even merited a cover so i'm sure you guys would have had that discussion in your meetings we have anchored a series of articles it's a package and what, what is the cover about so the brief really was to encapsulate the best of what money could buy you know that is the title of our issue the best things money can buy the idea was to present a snapshot of really what is available in india right now and even overseas because you see the well heeled indian uh, corporate guy or the entrepreneur promoter he or she travels enough to be able to purchase what they like outside the country as well right essentially the idea was to kind of they show the reader this is the best of what is available in the market and how the industry is sort of tailoring itself to indian needs as well right and and talking about products uh, which are some of the industries or segments that you looked at when we talk about the luxury goods industry what do we mean from travel to even technology whereby uh, we're looking at the fitness technology there is wearable technology now which is becoming extremely popular amongst the fitness conscious we looked at personal bling from a diamond golf ball for instance is something <laughs> you would find in this issue yeah it's for the golfer who has everything is how our writer has put it crazy adventures in the south pole mm. uh, which obviously costs a lot but it also right. takes a lot out of you in terms of endurance so we've kind of covered the spectrum from activity and holidays to products watches is a very big area it's it's something which we found even in our team people are passionate about how big is this segment that we are talking about 1.2 billion people but in terms of percentage it will be quite a minuscule segment right it will be but interesting we found one of the luxury experts with our writer samar shivastava who did the overview of the luxury industry he spoke to somebody from luxury connect which is a boutique consultancy looking at tracking the luxury market interestingly the luxury buyer cannot just be put into one slot mm-hmm. you know there are various kinds of luxury buyers you also have the luxury buyer who will step in when there is an end of season sale it is a very tiny segment but it isn't as tiny as it used to be because people are increasingly willing to pay for something they feel is classy which adds to their social relevance you know you can't wait commercially to that extent the base is growing even during a downturn that's quite ironic isn't it if we are talking about rupee being down and globally the west could perhaps get a breather itself and yet during these times uh, there are so many research reports one of them says that we are pegged to grow at 25% this year until 2015 so w- what explains that see because the base is so small that it doesn't get affected by downturn so for instance petrol people might reduce their petrol consumption if the petrol price will go up because so many people use petrol right, right. but if the base of people buying a branded bag which costs them about a couple of lakh mm-hmm. that segment is unlikely to get affected by the downturn you see which is why this mm-hmm. industry doesn't get so easily affected as compared to the other more commoditized brands 
And do these companies which are in the business, do they view India any differently? For example, just a couple of minutes back, you were saying how it's not just one type of customer, even in the high-end segment. Uh, there are people who buy in sale and some people would buy just because they don't have much time. They walk into a Gucci and you know pick something. Are there any examples that you have where MNCs view India any differently? I remember once uh, Marks & Spencer realized that they weren't doing well in Bangalore because they were selling formal shirts without pockets which was a big deal in the U.S. and London where it used to sell like hotcakes. But in India, people want to have that pen, the cross pen being shown on the pocket. It's not exactly a luxury product, Marks & Spencer. But do these companies just copy-paste their business models when they come here? Uh, They don't really because, you see, the kind of people who are the first buyers as such Mm -hmm. of these brands here are the kinds who would anyway be buying it at Champs-Élysées in Paris or going into a Selfridges in London. So they want the same sort of luxury available here. Mm-hmm. So uh, they're really looking to have an Hermes scarf with an Indian design because they want Hermes as Hermes is. They want to be able to buy the same things here. So mm-hmm. to that extent, we haven't really got a sense that the products are being uh, changed considerably. Mm-hmm. What we get is that they are taking Indian buyers more seriously. The number of stores in any case has increased considerably in recent times because they feel that the Indian buyer is interested in what the world wants because of the fact that everybody's traveling all the time. Everybody's aware of what is really good and what what will matter. If you carry the right bag or if you wear the right shoe, it matters. So they want the same things available here. So to that extent, they're taking Indian buyers more seriously. Right. Would it be right to say that then it's just pure access that is driving this growth? So you had these people already in India. Yeah. So some research tells us that a lot of the shopping is now happening in India. See, look, the person who wants to buy uh, something in Paris or Rome or New York will continue to buy it there because, you know, you will get a wider selection there. There is no question about it. So, for instance, it's interesting. Somebody said that suits would uh, now be bought more in India because you get similar brands in India. Mm-hmm. And suits for men are very difficult, a cumbersome to kind of transport from outside the country. Right. So it's easier to buy the suit in India itself. And also the after-sale services, it's easier to hold off. So some products, just because of their size and because of the logistics involved, if it is available in India, people will definitely buy them here. For others who are looking for something unique to be able to create a talking point at a party, for instance, Mm -hmm. they will still go and buy them outside the country. So access does improve sales, but it cannot completely take away from the, you know, lure of buying something outside the country and when do you think uh, all this started to take off was it you know when multiplexes started to come in were it just the malls or when did this industry start to take itself seriously i think it's about a decade old in terms of really taking it seriously i think we started sort of taking shape say around early 2000s about 10 years after china for instance, the China industry is now booming. So what industry watchers are saying is that even though it appears very nascent in size, the Indian uh-huh. industry, if you give it time, if you allow the teething uh, issues to settle, there is a strong possibility of India catching up with countries like China because the number of uh, high net worth individuals is growing very rapidly. So yeah, the industry is smaller. It's kind of figuring itself out. But there are only three super specialty luxury malls, for instance, in India. There is a DLF Emporio in Delhi. There is the 
UB city in Bangalore and we have Palladium in Bombay. They're talking of seven, eight such more uh, coming up in the next couple of years. So these things will certainly help give the industry the boost it needs. Right. And given that, like you say, it is still a fledgling industry, although it is about a decade old, which also means there isn't a lot of secondary data available when you go about to research. So how did you approach this issue? So our approach was to uh, look at the areas which would interest the Forbes reader the most. For instance, holidays, wine, whiskeys, food. Those areas are of great interest to the typical Forbes reader. For instance, we got a sommelier called Magandeep Singh, who is extremely well-known and expert in the field of wine. Right. He has given us his list of wines you would go miles to go and to acquire because not only are they expensive, mm-hmm. because money cannot be the only criteria for luxury. They are also rare. So similarly for whiskey, we've got the only malt maniac in India, Krishna Lokala, to give us his rare whiskies as well. Mm-hmm. So we also got subjects. We got the overdrive team to help us select some super bikes for the issue. We got our auto correspondent. He's an avid uh, auto watcher, Ashish Mishra, to write about the best cars that are available in the market right now. He owns a fleet of them himself, I guess, four of them. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. So you can imagine the kind of passion that he himself has the list itself would be extremely interesting right because it comes from somebody who is passionate about yeah so we made it a point to have the right people approach each topic so that we got a really insightful sort of mix which combined everything from eyes which you cannot escape in luxury to the quality to a mix which is not just about five cars from five standard brands but Mm something which is a little unique, a little special. That's what we got because of the subject expertise we managed to tap into. Well, I think it's more about you have the money, so we'll tell you what is good taste for the ones who want to know what, what is good. Of course, there are ones who already know out there what to buy and they would appreciate that you probably corroborated their instinct or maybe gave them a few more options. Yes, yes, that's true. On that note, it's time to wrap up. Thanks a lot, Abhilasha. This is good. Thank you very much for your time. No problem, Abhishek. Thank you so much. And all you listeners, you can get this issue just in a day's time and you can log on to ForbesIndia.com to get this podcast. Leave your comments there. Also, subscribe to us on iTunes. Just type in Forbes India on the top right corner of the iTunes window and uh, to have someone call you for a Forbes subscription just message Forbes to 51818